Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. As Karen said, next Sunday night, 5.30, come early and, uh, and get a seat. There'll be a whole lot of visitors here. I know there's a church over in Hallett Cove that have booked out a whole row. And uh, so there's a lot of hungry people around down south, isn't there? People from all over Adelaide will be coming and this is the only showing in Adelaide. So um, come, come early, grab a seat, grab some coffee and whatever and... Uh, and uh, it's going to be a faith-building night. That's what we believe it to be. And uh, I've been checking in with some of the other guys interstate who have been showing it. And uh, that's why we do things like this. Uh, we know it's not, it's, not, it's not the pinnacle. But at the end of the day, these kind of things are, are great faith-building times where we can receive and absorb and learn, see what God's doing around the world, and, uh, and pray, God, come here in Adelaide and, and do some good stuff. Because who knows? We need it, yeah? Thanks, Steve. Awesome. Lord, we just ask that you would speak to us this morning. We thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth. And we pray that you would speak and that you would move here in us today. In Jesus' name, amen. As most of you know, we do some gardening. And... Um, I've called today a new season because we've been feeling in the last few weeks just, just a, a fresh reminder that it is a new season. Now, I know in the natural we're about to turn into a new season, which is winter, and most of us don't look forward to winter. Some of us even escape winter and go to really warm places <laughs> for short bursts because they hate the cold that much. But you have to ask around to find out what am I talking about. But a new season is upon us. And I want to relate this to a few things today. And I've picked out the words starting with P so we can remember them really easy. The first one is present. The second one is promise. The third, perceive. And the fourth, prosper. It sounds good, doesn't it? Well, I want to start in my compost pile. This week, uh, this week we got three semi-trailer loads of compost delivered. And uh, I don't know about you, but if you've ever seen a semi-trailer load of compost, it's a lot of compost. 120 cubic metres of compost, $4,500 worth of compost. And we're doing that because we're, we're building a big garden. where We want to be able to uh, do a whole lot of things, and so that requires compost. And there's one thing about compost that you can't ignore, and that is that it smells. And so all week I've been driving past it, and Daniel, this good-looking rooster down the front here, has been helping me out, driving the tractor, and, uh, and, and, but man, this stuff smells, and you, you can't avoid the smell of compost. Um, but again, like many of my sermon analogies, I've been learning lessons in that, is that compost is a whole lot of rubbish 
broken down in a process of time and heat and all sorts of bacteria and things going on to produce rich, incredible nutrients. And that's exactly what God's been doing with you and me from the last season. He's been taking and pruning all of that stuff and taking all of the junk, pruning it off, taking away the things that don't need to be there, even some of the rotten stuff, even some of the negativity, the toxicity, the fear, the anxiety, the doubts, the depression, all of the negativity. He puts it all in a pile and he brews it. And he brews it at the cross and he covers it over and with a bit of his heat, a bit of his anointing and his word and his truth. And over time, he produces amazing soil, fertile, nutrients, dense that is needed for the next season. And God's always looking at seasons in our life. And you might be thinking, well, it's, it's been a dry season. You know what? He brings rivers in the desert. He brings pathways in the wilderness. And so even though you might not have felt particularly holy in the last two years, COVID's been just the weirdest thing, hasn't it? The weirdest thing. And it's just been one of those seasons, I think, that we, we just want to get out of. Let's get out of COVID season. Now, I know that it's still floating around and whatnot, but ultimately, there is a new season upon us. There's a new season. We have a new government. And that's, it brings about opportunities and there's some good things and some bad things. And we'll just pray, God, have your way, have your way, have your way. And, uh, you know, we, I might have all sorts of opinions and I'll try not to give you too many. But overriding all of that is his kingdom, his kingdom. And so we got to look at a new season and say, with hope, don't we? And we've got to say, God, come and bring that compost pile, bring it and pour it all over this region and it's one thing interesting about compost. I never knew this, and, and this will be the last thing I say about compost. But it's in short supply at the moment because I ring up for three truckloads. He said, mate, all the vineyarders get first preference right now. They've been ordering it for decades, and here you are, just your first time round. And so I'm at the end of the line, and I finally got it delivered. But people who are seasoned in this stuff know how to look at the seasons and the times. Ecclesiastes talks a lot about watching the times and the seasons. And so if we are of mind and if we actually recognize the present, which is my first P, we'll actually recognize that right now God is doing stuff. God is moving. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says this, He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has made everything beautiful in its time. If you are alive this morning, he has made you beautiful. Because he made everything beautiful in his time. If you are functioning and whatever you're doing, whatever you're thinking right now, just know that his thoughts about you is that you are beautiful. You are valuable. You are needed in the kingdom. We need everyone's anointing. We need everyone's gifting because everyone brings their own uh, stuff to the party and everyone has their own heart and nurture and gifting to bring. And so in this new season, we're coming out of COVID. We have a physical change of season, new government. We have some unknown things in a new season. We never fully know 
what the next season's going to bring. But I think we can look with hope and expectation and say, God, you are a God of love. You're in control. You are sovereign. You know exactly what is needed in this hour. And if we partner with him and whatever he's doing in this season, then we can see the next thing I want to talk about, and that is his promise. Galatians 6, 9 says, And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. You might be tired. You might be weary. But if you are still here, if you are still alive, if you still believe in Jesus, then let me tell you, you are faithful. Because a lot of people have drifted away. A lot of people have given up hope. A lot of people have, have given up faith because it's just easier to do stuff. It's just easier to function. It's just easier sometimes to just, you know, especially if you're a, a doer, a functional person like me, it's easy to sort of get on your tractor and off you go. Or do whatever you do and just produce and do stuff. But sometimes we have to look and say, God, what have you promised what have you promised us? And do not grow weary of believing in those promises because God is a God of his word. And if we believe it, if we partner with him, then we can be assured if we don't give up doing good in the right season, in the due season, we will reap. We will reap the promise. Sometimes we have to, thirdly thing, perceive to understand what the promise is. Isaiah 43, 18, 19 says this, Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. This is something that I have to keep remembering because as I enjoy reading past revivals, past moves of God and reading about that, it helps my faith, it helps me realize, God, if you did it then, you can do it now. And so I'll continue to do that. But one thing I can do sometimes is just dwell on that and go, wow, wouldn't that be amazing? But then we need to remember not the former things, but actually he wants to do a new thing. Because a new generation is going to look different and sound different and operate different than the old generation and the old ways. And so I have to remember that as I don't want to become yesterday's man, as we've spoken about before, but be today's man and tomorrow's man. So that we can actually perceive, God, what are you doing? And when we perceive it, we have eyes to see and ears to hear. I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. If you feel like you're in a desert, he will give you rivers. But sometimes you have to perceive it like Elijah did. We have to be in a posture of prayer and expectation to see the cloud. Sometimes it feels like everything's going against us, but I want to guarantee you something. God will not let you down. He will not let you down. He will not leave you in the desert. You might be in a desert a while, and I'm sure all of us have walked through the desert at certain times, but God will change the season. He will change the season. And if you look at the promise and if you perceive it, maybe it's now. Maybe it's now and we have to just look to the horizon and say, God, I need a new season in my life. I need a new season. And so we take that, that compost, all the old stuff, all the former things that God has brewed, and we spread it out for the new season. And we say, God, come and do, do a new thing. And then our perception becomes a catalyst for releasing the promise. And when we do that, I believe God loves it. Like Karen talked about the other week, he loves faith. 
He loves it when we stand on his word and we stand on his promise and we act upon it. And so in doing that, I believe we can actually see this season be a prosperous season. Ezekiel 34, 26 says this, And I will make them, you, (laughs) and the places all around my hill a blessing. And I will send down the showers in their season. They shall be showers of blessing. God wants to not only pour down showers of blessing upon you and me, but he wants to make you a shower of blessing to those around you. This region is so desperate for heavenly rain that it is palpable, isn't it? There's, there's a desperate need. And whenever there's a desperate need for long enough, which I would say Australia has had a desperate need for many, many hundreds of years, if not thousands of years, of a great move of God. And, and we have huge deserts, huge wilderness in the natural, but we also do in the spiritual as well. And so we are ripe for the harvest. And if we will perceive it, and if we will ask him for the promise, he will make us a blessing, his people. He's talking about his hill, obviously, in Israel, but his hill represents you, the believers. That's us on his holy hill, his believers, his the ones who follow the Messiah, Jesus. And that's you and me. And we will be a blessing. He will make the places all around us a blessing. I don't know about you, but sometimes it can feel pretty dry. If we run on how we feel, we will continually be disappointed. But if we run on his promises and we perceive what supernaturally he wants to do and what he is doing, then we will always be looking forward to the new season, to the new things. And we won't be looking to the former things because sometimes when we look to the former things, we even get stuck in a mold of the former things and we think God has to move in that way. He wants to move in this way. He wants to move in a new way because it's a new season and he wants to do fresh new things. So it's one of those things about being shapeable and moldable is making sure that we don't put our ways onto God's new thing, his new season. I want to encourage you today that some of you have doubted, some of you have questioned why you're even here, why you have this set of lifestyle, this set of giftings? Why have you reached failures over and over again? Why have you only seen some of, you know, not seen the kind of breakthrough that other people have? I want to encourage you that God has put all of that in a beautiful, fertile compost pile. And he wants to spread our gifting. He wants to spread our nutrients around in this season. I believe it's a season to step out a little bit. It's a season to step out in faith and take new ground. But sometimes we have to be watching. Like even it's interesting that Elisha had to do something and perceive and step out and activate his faith with Elijah to actually release the promise. Sometimes the promise does have a little bit of our participation in it. God is sovereign, but he doesn't whack us over the head with everything all on a platter. We are participants in his plan. 
We're participants in the kingdom. I don't know how you can work that out. I can't work it out. How much is it free will? How much is it sovereignty? I think it's about 50-50. That's my ratio anyway. Because if I just sit like a blob and wait for God to do everything, not much happens. Maybe God is waiting for you. Maybe God is waiting for you to stir up, or as Paul says, fan into flame the gift that you received at the laying on of hands. Sometimes we actually have to fan into flame. I was doing it this morning with our fireplace because Karen really likes a hot fire. And uh, we just can't have enough firewood, okay? And um, I've, I've learned that about Karen. She hasn't got a lot of um, fat on her body and she feels the cold. I know there's a lot of other people here like that. But I have to crank that thing with more firewood than I ever thought I'd need to. Massive logs. And this morning I'm in there, I'm cranking it. We actually have a little gas blower, okay? Matches are not good enough for us. So we've got this little gas blowtorch that we use to get this thing going. And, uh, and I have to crank... Uh, yeah, you'd love it, Jonah. It's just like... It is a cheat's way of lighting a fire. It's just gas. You turn that thing on, light it, and you blow it in there. Um, because every now and then we just, I'm pushing it. I'm using wet wood sometimes, so you got to get it in there. But sometimes you and I are like wet wood. And God needs to take a blowtorch to us. And sometimes we need to fan into flame. And you might not be feeling it this morning and think, I wish this dude with no socks would just shut up and move on. <laughs> but maybe God sent you here just so that I would turn on the blowtorch this morning. Because I'm going I'm to be honest with you, driving here this morning, I didn't really feel like it. I didn't really feel like it. But I put on the worship music and I'm like, well, you haven't changed, God. You haven't changed. We're, we're all the same. So we, we all need to fan into flame that gift. And as we do that corporately, as a tribe, as a community, you watch what happens. We will see new things. We will see new people. We will see salvations. Because it's interesting, look at every past move of God and you will find hungry hearts doing something. They are doing something. I, I told our, our team this Wednesday that, um, um, and I noticed John Steele posting about John Wesley. I love John Wesley and it's just great. But I did something funny this week. I, I just looked up on, you know, Google Earth, you can 3D over things. And so I 3D mapped, I zoom in on 33 Fetter Lane, London. And it's, it's where John Wesley and his radical young men of Oxford University all gathered to have a love feast one night 200 odd years ago and just worship Jesus all night long. And the fire of God fell upon these young men. And I mean, these guys were conservative. They weren't Pentecostals. There was no such thing as Pentecostals. It's serious. And, so, and these, these were conservative, Oxford-trained. They knew Latin and Hebrew and Greek and theology better than anyone in this room. And yet the fire of God fell and it lit the world alight. To still this day, we are, we are blessed by that. Slavery was broken in, in Europe because of it. And many, many, many other incredible things because of the fire of God falling on a group of people like you and me. Just people. Just people who believed and sought the Lord and turned on the blowtorch and said, all right, we're going to believe for the new thing. We're going to recognize the new season. And I want to encourage you, whatever you're walking through today, it only takes a little bit. Remember that song, It Only Takes a Spark? 
I won't sing it for you. I can't even remember the tune anyway. I've sort of got the Crows theme song going through my head for some reason. I think it's because of the, uh, the ladies' footy team could probably beat the men's footy team right now. But, but yeah, it's true. It's true. I think we should recruit a few, to be honest. Let's stand on that holy moment. Let's get the worship team up. The good thing is you can always tell when I'm winding up because there's a rabbit trail just heading somewhere downhill. (laughs) Well, I want you just to lift your hands. If you want to, you don't have to. There's no obligation. But if you're hungry, if you want the Holy Spirit to maybe just set a spark, fan into flame, whatever it is, then really it's, it's just up to you and me. It's up to you and me. So, Lord, we would ask that you would come this morning. And, Lord, we look not to the former things, the former ways, but we look to whatever it is you have ahead of us. Who knows? Who knows? In every single move of God, they have had no clue of what it was going to look like. No clue. Jesus movement, they had no idea it was going to be thousands of hippies leading the charge, etc., etc., etc. We have no clue what it's going to look like. We don't put limitations on you, God, but we ask for that fresh new season. We perceive it. We perceive it. And so we ask, Holy Spirit, that even this morning, that fresh wind of heaven, to give us eyes to see and ears to hear what you are doing in this season. We ask for this region to be touched with your love and your power. This next generation are going to need such a move of God, such a powerful touch of the Holy Spirit. So we say, come Holy Spirit. We're hungry for you. We say, come Holy Spirit. We're hungry for you. We ask that you would fan into flame that gift that you've given us, the Holy Spirit, at the laying on of hands. By faith, we ask, increase Holy Spirit. And Lord, we just thank you this morning. We thank you for your word. I pray for anyone this morning who has struggled to believe that you would turn things around. Even right now, you would turn things around. You would give them fresh faith, fresh belief, fresh eyes, fresh hope. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Yeah, we're just going to sing this song for a couple of minutes and what I'd love you to do just as an act of worship just worship and begin receiving by faith receiving by faith there's very very little difference in the world is done from sermons but a whole lot of difference is done when you and I connect with heaven when you and I personally connect with Jesus Christ Jesus Christ wants to do stuff in your life this morning. I believe that. I believe that. So let's worship Him 
in spirit and truth. Let's connect with Him and let's let Him pour out heaven, pour out His Spirit and maybe break off the shackles, break off the things, the old things and release the new things.